0: not live we're never live not yet what's up everybody ben and ian checking in for another episode of the wolf bear project today we're going to do a review of ian's weight loss journey and give you a few updates on how he's doing some of the things he's been employing and then we're basically just going to have a small discussion on weight loss in general and health and then afterwards we're going to have an announcement about the future of the wolf bear project moving forward and uh, some of the guests that we're going to be trying to get on with us so let's start out with ian's weight loss Remind everyone what you started at when we started the journey.
1: 370 pounds to start. That's where I was when I first started. I think, I mean, I wasn't exactly 370, but I think I hit 370 at some point in the last year. And then was just like hovering around and then you stopped weighing at that yeah. point you don't weigh
0: yourself very often i imagine Yeah. so
1: i mean i very well could have been more but i think i was uh, probably a little bit less but right around 370.
0: well before we talk about what you've lost let's actually jump back in time to when you're at that point when you were 370 how did you get to that point
1: um <laughs> it was just a lack of motivation to really care about myself I would say you just like let things slip I mean it's it's like anything in life I mean it's the same with like losing weight you collectively you don't see the change like right now I still feel like I was 80 pounds ago like I feel a little bit better but as far as like seeing the change in myself I didn't and so it's like by small uh, that was really confusing I, I I'll explain it like this it's kind of like the gospel where small and simple steps uh like bring about great things or whatever the quote is um it's kind of like that like you know i got back from my mission i was around 280 and i started to to work out more but then i had access to more food and so the more i worked out the more i ate and it wasn't always the best eating you know like last year uh when the jazz were winning 50 plus games a year and Papa John's has their 50% off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Their Jazz 50. <clears throat> uh I was probably eating two or three large pizzas with breadsticks and a diet coke to the, the diet coke to justify myself. Right. You know? I I was doing that at least twice a week. So I mean uh a 4000 calorie lunch. Three times a week if the jazz won, and they won fifty four games, so I had fifty four large pizzas
0: at least in the two thousand sixteen two thousand seventeen season, right well let's back up. You said that the more you started training, the more you started eating, and I think that's a really good thing to talk about real quick because in Gary Taubs book why we get fat that's actually that's a large part of what he's saying. he says that. As you ramp up calorie expenditure, you're going to want to consume more calories. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's obviously simple thermodynamics, right? Um, the purest of the calories in, calorie out, I guess you could say myth, would say that um, if you just eat a little less every day, according to your calorie intake, you'll eventually lose weight. And that's generally true if your insulin is dialed in. But a lot of the time, we see that people's insulin just spikes the roof. So with you, I mean, you were training hard, you're going to the gym, you're doing all those things, but training hard made you hungry and it's extremely easy to blow past your calorie intake limit, if you will, by training hard, because once you start eating calories, especially calorie dense foods like pizzas, it's easy to blow past those limits.
1: Yeah. I mean, going back to high school, when I played football, I was eating a lot of calories and I was... I was big in high school, but I wouldn't consider myself like fat. I was really actually pretty fit for someone who was 300 pounds. Uh, I mean, I've been 300 pounds since sophomore or freshman year of high school and- But not anymore. But I didn't, I didn't look, I looked like an offensive lineman, you know, that kind of look. So I didn't look horrible, but then I stopped playing football. And so in high school, like I was eating a lot of food, but then I stopped exercising and then like the food intake was the same and so i gained a bunch of weight i gained the weight faster than when i would have if i was just exercising and i think the same was true with coming back from a mission i was training super hard and i was eating a lot of calories but i could contain it because i was exercising a lot but then uh i mean you got married uh our best friend zach got married you guys switched from 24-hour fitness to vasa just because the 24 and provo closed so i wasn't exercising with anybody and it was just easier not to go but i was still consuming about the same amount of calories
0: so like i so got So you were slowly putting on weight when we were going to the gym and then and once then you after, removed that stimulus it just started it just up. like i just blew up it
1: oh. in a matter of like six months i probably gained like 40 pounds and that was because you know i was eating pizza three times a week plus copious amounts of grandma sycamore white bread (laughs) but i mean it's just like small steps led to me being 370 plus you know
0: how was your headspace at that time
1: um it was i was fine but it was like a fake fine and i actually had this discussion with an old bishop of mine from our church uh he was talking about you know he asked me the question do fat people do people who are large, do they, are they in a good headspace? And I've, I've basically come to the conclusion that either they're not and they're depressed or it's just uh must be seen as right. uh fake happiness. And I think that's where I was secretly deep down within like the, within my bosom. Uh, you know, I was, I was disappointed in myself, but like, shelf face, front face to people. I was, you know, the same old me, just happy, get going, Ian, you know? And so I honestly don't believe anybody who was my size. They're either faking it and making it, or they're depressed, which is exactly the opposite of what society is trying to make larger people feel. But I think there's a difference between being thick as we would say and being like obese because I think there are people who uh, are bigger but are healthy but being way overweight you know like 150 pounds plus overweight I don't think it's healthy and I don't think it's good for your mind and I definitely wasn't in the right hit space compared to where I am now
0: and what made you want to make that change um I think
1: Honestly, I I don't I don't remember. I think there's I look back and what what really got me into a place to start losing weight was purpose in my life. And you know, we started this podcast and I was still 370, but then I had set goals surrounding a purpose and I knew that me being 370 pounds was going to limit the amount of happiness I had. And so therefore limiting the amount of knowledge I brought to this podcast. And then plus, it definitely evolved over time. It's always evolved over the last like nine months. But at first, I think it was just the ability to have something to say because I was setting new goals and so like purpose driven goals led to striving for more physical purpose goals so like mentally and emotionally I wanted to be in the right place so we could do this podcast and I knew that losing weight probably would have helped and so I just kind of started and then obviously like peers around me including yourself you know uh, I told you I think it was a Sunday I like sent you a snapchat of my vasa receipt and then that monday we went to the gym and i felt really good and then that like night we recorded our first episode or something like that is something worked out like that and then it's just been uphill ever since
0: all right i i say this all the time when we record but nietzsche said that a man with why can overcome any how, and you're showing that man like your goal is to lose 150 pounds total you're you're, I mean you're past halfway right you're down 80 pounds yeah I've got uh, 70 pounds to go yeah Yeah, I mean these 70 pounds will be harder obviously um, but you've got the momentum now you've got past the impetus and I think that's honestly the hardest part is just getting started you know we've talked about that on the New Year's Day podcast getting started is the hardest part um, but if you have that if you have that daily why and you just keep taking these small bites out of the elephant, eventually you're going to finish the whole thing. We just listened to the podcast with David Goggins who came on Joe Rogan. And he was 300 pounds. He was a pest control technician. And he came home one night and saw a documentary about BUDS training. And something just switched in his mind. He said, I want to, I want to be a Navy SEAL. I'm going to lose 120 pounds. I'm going to go be a Navy SEAL. So at that point, he started calling recruiters, and once he told everyone his weight, they would just basically, they, like, they'd say, again? go go talk to the National Guard. And so he did that, and then they, they'd turn him down too, so he's just like, I just need to get my stuff together, and he started running. His first day is funny because I had the same exact story when I decided I wanted to trim down from more of like a strongman build to more of like a bodybuilding type body. I got on the treadmill, and I could only run a quarter of a mile without like passing out, and that's exactly what happened to David Goggins. But he just kept chipping away, and eventually he was able to lose all that weight and to uh, go through uh, budge training. Yeah, and
1: that I mean his story he uses stronger language than I would at this podcast. I'm not saying I don't use stronger language, but like his if you we'll put a link in the show notes because it's actually really motivational. Uh, probably the best I think Joe the best Rogan episode, experience yeah. I've listened to. Yeah, just like his ability, like he went from basically where I'm at now. 300 pounds to running 250 mile races, you know, and there's just so many inspirational things. Like I think he got out of buds and then he called like the director of this 24 hour race to do some like military promotion thing for like veterans or something.
0: Yeah. So after, after operation red wing where mark the this the basically the story of lone survivor where marcus luttrell was the only survivor of a four-man crew that was in afghanistan he had done jump school with uh his brother and they're you know they're good friends whatever and so he said that he was just being tormented by these demons and he wanted to find a way to raise money for the families so yeah he decided to do this it was called like what is it the california one day or something i don't know but I mean, it's a super,
1: and the guy was just like i mean he described the guy as being a badass and the guy was like, you have no experience, like, wh- w-
0: no, because yeah. you're not gonna be able to do this. And at the time he was built like a, like you think of Rocky or, a, or Like uh, 225. Yeah, 225, like Rambo type commando build, which isn't conducive for endurance training, obviously. And so we went and did this race. He did a hundred miles in 24 hours. And he said that in that year that he did the race, he'd maybe run 50 miles the entire year
1: well he saw that there was uh, a race where it's a 24 hour race and it's just on a track and you just run as long as you can for 24 hours and this race director told Goggins to go hopefully I'm getting the story correct right like what it is I mean you can go listen to it on but he like he told Goggins to go participate in this and to try to get 100 miles in 24 hours and he accomplished his goal i mean you can go listen i'm not going to spoil everything uh but he accomplished his goal he he ran 100 miles in i think 18 and a half hours and then he called the director back and told him that he did it and the director was like well you didn't this is a 24-hour race you didn't race for 24 hours yeah and so he tells the story of where he goes to vegas to do uh, a marathon with his his uh, family and he's like oh I'll just walk with my my mom for the whole race and then he like gets like a boost of like endurance and energy and does the Las Vegas marathon in 3 hours and 8 seconds
0: which is a good time. and qualifies for the Boston marathon
1: yeah. so then he goes races in the Boston marathon and then he goes and he does a 100 a miler in hawaii and then i think he qualified for he eventually qualified for this the california one day or whatever it is and I, i'm pretty sure i if i remember correctly he probably did raise money for it but yeah. I, I don't remember well, he still does
0: you know he yeah still i mean now the... he does
1: 250 mile races but i mean to to not get too far ahead of ourselves his story is a lot like mine you know i just kind of like got sick of myself and found purpose And, you know, going back to my discussion with an old bishop, uh, he talked about, uh, we were just talking philosophy, and he was just talking about um, adults need four things. And I'm trying to remember all four things, but I know one of them is a why, like purpose. It's purpose, affirmations. They need to, adults need to fill, um congratulated i can't think of the word but they need to feel like they're accomplished like someone actually cares what they're doing uh one of them was like uh friends peers who are doing the same thing So like me and you working out you know it just it drives it tenfold and my ability to work out goes up when you're there you know it's a lot easier to get out the door and there's a fourth thing but i can't remember so if Bishop Epinetter, if you're listening to this episode right now, uh, feel free to send me a quick text message with those and I'll update it. But it's just important that um, from where I was to where I am now, it's not about how I did it. It's about why I did it. And then that just, it just tumbled from there. I mean, that uh, solid foundation started with why I wanted to do it.
0: And since then you've been dedicated i mean you've made it to the gym at least five times a week every week since yeah, then. you know on average yeah you haven't you haven't been missing meals you're, you're eating you're eating yeah well. I, haven't, I
1: mean that I, I obviously have chosen to do a low carb diet and uh you know i haven't had any intense carbohydrates refined all my carbohydrates come from green vegetables but i haven't had any for nine months i haven't had processed
0: sugar for nine months Yep, and that's the main thing. Like you got to cut out those those refined carbs, that refined sugar. That's gonna mess you up big time. Uh, Oftentimes, when we talk about the low carb diet on here, people think that we're like evangelizing it and thinking it's the only way to lose weight. I think it's personally the best way to lose weight fast. Um, By no means am I saying it's the only way that anyone can lose weight. You know, yeah. You just need to stay away from those ones that are really gonna spike your blood glucose. You know, eat fuller carbs.
1: There's actually another for some reason I always bring up JRE, but he talks with Rhonda Patrick and they talk about keto and low carb all the time. And she has to discuss like, it's not the best for everyone because of like different ways our body digests like fats. And so for some people uh, you have to be careful. And so she recommends that you go out and get like a blood draw and constantly like check your blood levels so that you know that you're effectively using keto and i obviously haven't done that but my evidence is 80 pounds loss and so i know it works for me all right and so if you are considering starting it i would like make sure that you like check your blood levels to make sure like check your uh i can't remember the the just the all your, blood jo-
0: your blood markers in general yeah. but
1: i mean just make sure that it's able and i would say 80 percent of the population can go on low carb
0: well, probably closer to ninety-five, since that's how humans evolved, right? I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, not. I have an interesting take on it, Uh this is no, this is no way like science. I just look at my an- ancestry, and like Northern Europeans uh, didn't really have access to fruits and vegetables during the winter, and so our bodies would have adapted differently than those who lived in the equator. Right. I feel like, right. and that's no way like. That's the gospel according to Ian.
0: Yeah. Uh, we asked Bickman about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it'd be interesting to like actually like talk to uh, Doctor Bickman about it. But we need to get
0: him back on here. Yeah, that, gonna, that'd be good. Anyway, so you're just eating well. All these things. Um, I mean, main thing going back to the thermodynamics thing: the calories in, calories out is true at the base, but you really need to make sure that your glucose. I mean, just the whole insulin thing. Go look. Go listen to uh, episode ten with Doctor Bickman. But if your insulin's way too high, like you're not gonna be able to lose weight. Yeah. So, you know, stay away from those really those foods that'll really spike your blood sugar. Um, you know, drink apple cider vinegar, glucose disposal agents, things like that, and that'll help you. But again, it really does come down to calories in, calories out at the end of the day. If your insulin's dialed in, then just eat a little less than you need and move a little more than you think. Yeah. The way that I've Seen the easiest way to move more is by doing three 10-minute walks a day. I've been doing this for probably about five months now, and I try after every meal. I try to go on a brisk 10-minute walk, and that, I mean, I don't have to do cardio or anything. I'm walking 30 minutes a day. I'm doing these quick meals. It helps me digest, and it also helps me keep my blood glucose down. But after my surgery, I had a really hard time digesting foods. My GI was messed up. And uh, anytime I eat it I have like really severe gas pains. And so I started doing these walks again and it healed everything, helped everything manage its way up. But this is a really good way for you to trick your mind into doing your cardio. Because if you say, I'm going to go to the gym, do 30 minutes on the treadmill and go home, you're not going to want to do that. It's going to be boring. And after a few days, you're going to stop doing it. But if you do a quick 10 minute walk after two or three meals a day, it's easy. Ah, oh, 10 minutes, I can do that. You know, on your lunch break at work or at home before dinner, yeah. after dinner, just do those quick 10-minute walks, and that'll help you burn those little extra calories, but also get your endocrine system working a little better. I
1: think it, most importantly is just move yeah. more than you have been because, I mean, we have office jobs. We come home and we watch TV. It's just getting the why and then starting to move a little bit more than you did and then being aware of what you're putting into your body.
0: No. Yeah. But again, eat a little less, move a little more, and just cling to that why, like Ian's done. I mean, eighty pounds in nine months—that's what two pounds a month, two pounds a week. Yeah, it's it's averaged out to be about two and a half pounds a week. That's not extreme by any means. No, you know,
1: I mean, what it honestly, what it like—that's what the average is. What it turns into is like for two weeks I don't lose anything, and then one week I'll lose like ten pounds. But the average is is about two pounds a week, and that's yep. what I would say most medical doctors would say to do is about two pounds a week is what two to five pounds a week is what's healthy yeah
0: so yeah i mean just uh find those people that inspire you listen their content and then go out and do your exercises and eat your food better i'd say that you should program some sort of cheat meal or cheat cheat day every week just because psychologically it can drain you if there's no wind in sight this is something john meadows talks about when he's training bodybuilders for competitions if you take out all cheat meals the mind can mess with you because you have you know you start telling yourself i have nothing to live for right i hate eat i hate eating all these bland foods but if you say every saturday after 1 p.m i can eat whatever i want until i go to bed all of a sudden you can make it through the week because you just have to make it till saturday yeah you know you just have to make it to that next cheat meal so i think this is something you don't do personally which is a- amazing if you can do it but for most people i think that having some sort of Relax meal or cheat meal, whatever you want to call it in the week can help you get through that and stay disciplined to your diet. Well, like, I mean, it's
1: going back to one size doesn't fit all for me. My end goal isn't to get to the end of the week. My end goal is 220 pounds and I've like forced, like my mind is forced to think that now, like that's all I can think about. And so I told myself the only way I'm going to do this quick enough and healthy enough for me is to not have a cheat meal. And um, looking at my past, anytime I have incorporated cheat meals into a diet plan, uh, I don't last as long
0: with it, so. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, a food addiction, I think, is the worst addiction you can have because, I mean, Andy Fursello was talking about this on his podcast the other day. It's like a heroin addict every day being told, okay, you have to take a few shots of heroin a day to survive, but you can't have any more, you know? So to someone that has a food addiction, they're told you have to eat every day because biologically you'll die. So it's hard to be exposed to your addiction and not overindulge and not yeah. go past your calorie limits. So it's super tough. And if you get that taste of sugar, it can easily lead you to a relapse. So you just have to be that very strategic with that planning.
1: So I know, I know we didn't want to make this long, but for some reason we always uh, get excited when we get in front of the mic and we talk longer than what we expected. But, I mean, enough about that. I mean, if you have questions, feel free to comment in the comment section. You can also message me on Facebook uh, or anyway through Instagram if you have any questions. I'm always willing to supply answers to help people. There's a lot of people uh, who I have, like, gotten to do the same thing I'm doing, and I've seen the same success for them. So, I mean, if you want to ask questions, feel free to, to comment in the comment section. Um, but enough about me. I just want to hear... I think a lot of people are wondering like what our future plans are. Uh we've kind of been silent for the last couple of weeks. Um, just because we're busy, we're trying to figure things out, you know, we're just too uh well a college student and then a as we say, <laughs> you know. No, uh, I'm just a wannabe
0: philosopher. We're
1: yeah, we're just wannabe philosophers who are trying to figure this thing out and so like what I mean my question is what what's our plan for the future because we have some I would
0: say like in, exciting changes yeah we've got some pretty prolific guests we have uh not lined up but we're trying to close on them (laughs) so our lead generation is pretty good and we've got some pretty uh impressive guests that we're going to be hopefully closing and ringing on the podcast Um, but in the meantime we're actually going to be trying a new experiment and that's actually going to be sort of a book club or book review ian and i are passionate about reading um you know I echo Socrates with the Socratic paradox when I say I know one thing and that's that I know nothing. I'm only 24 years old. I haven't experienced this world yet fully, but I love reading and I love consuming philosophy and the words of other wise people, wise men and women, and anything we find that inspires us or helps us to become better and to lead to our telos, to our ultimate potential, we want to share with you guys. So we're thinking about doing a book review and a book club. So let us know f- what you think about that. I guess we're going to try this out. But the first book that we're going to be reviewing. I think it's,
1: its I mean, yeah, it's, we can call it a book club. But I think what mainly it is, is just using the resources of that others have written and uh, talking about the philosophical side of it. And I mean, that is a book club. We're using books to gather right. information.
0: And what's nice about these reviews is if you don't have time to sit down and read or you haven't been interested in listening to audiobooks or whatever, we're basically going to be breaking down these amazing masterpiece books. What's that, what's that website
1: that you used in high school?
0: Oh, Sparknotes. Sparknotes. Yeah. This is basically yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: the Sparknotes, but an audio version.
0: Yeah, this will be the Notes for non-students in audio. So the first book we're going to review is called Resilience, Hard-Won Wisdom for Living a Better Life by Eric Greitens. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Greitens is the current, uh, what did I say? Governor. Governor. governor? Of yeah, he's governor, Republican governor of Missouri. I'll read you his bio here. He was born and raised in Missouri, a Navy SEAL, Rhodes Scholar, boxing champion, and humanitarian leader. Greitens earned his Ph.D. from Oxford. He is the founder of the Mission Continues, and Fortune named him one of the fifty greatest leaders in the world. So, man, I love this book. It hit home um, because. He wrote it after the style of Seneca with Letters to a Stoic, which I, which is my favorite philosophical book of all time, and I probably put this at my third all-time philosophical book. And any true philosopher would probably crucify me for saying that because this guy's just a politician now. But I think what I loved about this book and what I loved about Letters to a Stoic and Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, those are my top three favorite philosophical works, is they're not high in the sky; they're very applicable and they're basically self-development works. So you can read these books and you can become a better person and I think that's the core, that should be the core tenet of all philosophy is personal improvement and reaching your telos. So real quick just to give you a sneak pre- preview of the book, it says in 2012 Eric grinds unexpectedly heard from a former SEAL comrade, a brother in arms he, couldn't, he hadn't seen in a decade. Zach Walker had been one of the toughest of the tough. But ever since he returned home from war to his young family in a small logging town, he'd been struggling. Without a sense of purpose plagued by PTSD and masking his pain with heavy drinking, he needed help. Zach and Eric started writing and talking nearly every day as Eric set down his thoughts on what it takes to build resilience in our lives. Eric's letters, drawing on both his own wisdom and wisdom from ancient and modern thinkers, are now gathered and edited into his timeless guidebook. Grighton shows how we can build purpose, confront pain, practice compassion, develop a vocation, find a mentor, create happiness, and much more. Resilience is an inspiring meditation for the warrior in each of us. So like I said, this is written in letter form. So we're going to take one letter at a time, and we're just going to read some parts that we highlighted, talk about it, try to extrapolate some more content from that and uh hopefully we can just all learn together
1: yeah i'm excited um it's definitely been a journey and uh from one wannabe philosopher to another (laughs) and to those listening who just want to be better uh hopefully you continue to listen and and grow with us and we can make this world just a little tad better than it was the day before
0: yeah so if you guys want to read along with us uh go to audible download resilience or go to amazon and buy it the first chapter we're going to be reading the first letter is your front line we're going to go into detail on that but if you guys want to read along awesome if you're too lazy or just not interested just let us do the heavy lifting and we'll see what we can pull out for you guys
1: yeah we'll see everyone next week. week